This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. Monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Who's with me? Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're going full diva to help you invest. Wait, wait, I'm not the diva? Wow, we're welcoming the real invest diva? Say hello to Kiana Danielle to break down the best ways for you to invest and grow your hard-earned money. Plus, it turns out money is worthless if you don't have your health. We'll tackle this absolute hot take of a statement from Susie Orman during our headline segment. Later, we'll toss out the Haven Lifeline to Ronnie Joe, who's looking to get advice for her 19-year-old sister who is currently in college. If you're just getting started, what should you worry about first? And of course, we can't downplay my dramatic trivia. And now, two guys who are always hoping for a healthier wallet. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Stacking Benjamin Show. Welcome to another week of the Stacking Benjamin Show. The sun is shining. I've got hot coffee here and I've got the OG sitting across from me. What could be a better way to start the week? Did you get your bumper sticker in the mail yet? My bumper sticker that said it's a beautiful day and it's a great time to start investing. Way better. No, it's new ones that we're producing. It says, don't blame me. I voted Doug 2020. (laughs) you were the one you're the problem with this country i'm not the problem because you're the solution i am the solution you are the solution do we know who president who the president is yet do we have any idea i don't know anyway on to better topics hey we got the invest diva kiana danielle uh waiting in the wings og she has been empowering women and men to be better investors and today she's going to empower us to be divas, which is fantastic. I'm a little bit of a diva. A so little? This will go well with me. A little bit of a diva. You should just market that you're a diva on Fiverr is what you should do. Need a diva? Hire the OG. Big thanks to Fiverr for supporting Stacky Benjamins. It's so easy to find freelance talent for your business or product. Don't waste any more time. Get 10% off and the service you deserve by going to FIVERR.com and use code SB. Also, one more thing we got to talk about before we get rolling. Tomorrow's the day, OG. Vicky Robin, Michael Santos, Dan Chan, you, me, 
great times. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. The Stack, live on YouTube. Hope you can join us. Ask Vicky Robin a question. Find out one of the wildest stories. Michael Santos's story is absolutely amazing. And if you can't get motivated by Michael Santos, that'll be incredible. And of course, the incredible magic of Dan Chan. Because what is an investment show without a magic trick? We got to have it. We got a magic trick of a show for you here today. We got the Invest Diva coming down to the basement, but first, we got some headlines, so let's get rolling. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our first headline. Oh, I love these headlines. Comes to us from Investment News. The Securities and Exchange Commission has charged an unregistered, unregistered investment advisor in New Jersey with defrauding about 40 people of $5 million by selling investments in a fictitious investment fund and misappropriating. That's what we call it, misappropriating. When you take somebody's money and you put it in your pocket instead of an investment. You've misappropriated we, it. We don't call it stealing. We call it misappropriating. A large portion of the funds raised. According to the SEC complaint, Terrence Chalk of Pasick, New Jersey, and Orlando, Florida, previously been convicted of identity theft and bank fraud, used the alias Dr. Guy. <laughs> Listen to his alias, Dr. Terrence Cash. With a K or a C? <laughs> it should be with a K. To conceal his criminal past from investors, he presented himself as a successful investment advisor and the chairman and founder of companies he referred to as Greenlight. Chalk promised investors a regular dividend. Are you ready for this? No less than 12% per year. Bigger go home. According to the complaint, instead of investing the funds, Chalk and his Greenlight Advantage Group and Greenlight Investment Partners misappropriated the vast majority of the money, with Chalk using more than $700,000 to pay personal expenses. Don't you just list that in the prospectus? Don't you just say, hey, $700,000 of this is going to be a fee? Like, then, then would he have gotten away with it? Well, as long as you put, like, you know, Mercedes-Benz lease <laughs> for a CEO, $1,000 a month. Oh, no. Chalk and the Greenlight companies allegedly used about $1.8 million of investors' funds to make purported dividend payments to other investors in a Ponzi-like mm -hmm. fashion. Boy, there's so much here, man. Uh, first of all, I think using sites like BrokerCheck, OG, might have helped. Of course, he's using an alias, so you're not going to find him. You're not going to find Dr. Terrence Cash on BrokerCheck. Well, but that's also a problem too. I mean, you're not going to find investment advisors on broker check period because they're not brokers, but on the SEC website, you should, you should be able to look up, you know, the advisor's firm on the SEC website. You should be able to find it in the state securities uh, registration. I mean, this also boils down to, if it sounds too good to be true, it absolutely positively is. Yeah. 12% dividend. All right. Let's peel back the onion a second on why that 12% thing can't possibly happen. If you look at the concept of risk and return and you look at the least risky thing out there, we would say that is the U.S. Treasuries, right? Sure. Okay. So they're paying right now a 10-year U.S. Treasury about 1%, about 0.9 or 0.7, depending on the day, or 1.1, okay? So you've got this thing that's guaranteed and the guaranteed return is somewhere around one. And then you look at as the risk goes up, the return has to go up commensurately. So the most risky thing that you can own are shares of individual companies. And so you look at, take, for example, the S&P 500 and say, the average return of the S&P 500, biggest companies in the United States, about 10% a year. So to get that 10%, you've got to have wild swings both sides, right? You get minus 35s during the pandemic, you get plus 30s in 2019 for no apparent reason. There's no way you could possibly say, I guarantee you're going to get 12% a year on this. You might average 12. I wouldn't even write that down as a hypothetical, but that's possible. But you can't guarantee 12 because to get 12, you have to be okay with plus 50s and minus 50s. I think it's okay to not know everything about investing and to have parts of your portfolio that you're, you're not familiar with the ins and outs of it all the time, OG. 
but I'm not comfortable with knowing so little that you don't understand that 12% guaranteed is a non-starter. You have to, you have to work with people who are going to make you smarter at this and to at least understand the real game that you're playing with each piece of your money. I don't know everything about emerging markets investments, but it's a decent sized part of my portfolio. And I know that for my diversified approach, having some emerging markets is, is something that, uh, that I need to get where I want to go. But if you told me emerging markets guaranteed 12%, I think Houston, we've got a problem. And some of this is from an education standpoint or just, you know, being able to even know that that's a thing, right? You know, my goodness, we don't go to get our cars repaired unless there's, you know, unless there's some certification on the wall. We don't let roofers on our roof unless they've got the right licenses and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So you got to look into it. It just, it takes five seconds. If your spidey sense is tingling, follow that rabbit hole a little bit and see what happens. Our second headline comes to us from MarketWatch. This woman I've, I've never heard of before. Do, do, do you pronounce it Suze or Suzy or man? Suze. Suze or man. Uh, Susie Orman learns, quote, money is worthless if you don't have your health. She just learned that. That's a that's headline. I want to get to the point that I'm as famous as Susie Orman and I can say stuff that's that genius. And and people go, you know, that's a headline. She really comes up with the zingers, doesn't she? Orman 69 was rushed into an emergency 12 hour surgery in July to remove a non-cancerous tumor. That's not good, Susie. Uh, that was cutting off 80% of her spinal cord. Ugh. She disclosed on today that she'd started struggling to walk upstairs and lost all feeling in her right hand last year, but was too ready to believe the doctors that suggested she just need a leg brace to strengthen her quad muscles or that she was suffering carpal tunnel. I've been the one that says, stand in your truth. Don't deny something when it comes to your money, she said in a Today Show interview. Well, money means nothing if you don't have your health. Very true. This is why I think, especially when it comes to your health, you know, when I was younger, I went through a period when I was a financial planner that I was very unhealthy. I was incredibly unhealthy. And it was because, oh, gee, that I believe that I didn't have time to work out. I never prioritized it. And I found the last 10 years that number one, getting your health back is harder than if you just kept it in the first place. That's yeah. number number one. And then number two is there's a huge correlation between what I get done in a day, a week, a month and how healthy I am. I feel like I would have gotten so much more done if I had just prioritized my health earlier in my career. I remember when I first had my own doctor, right? When I first had my own insurance, uh, my first job went to the doctor's office for my physical. He says, what are you doing for exercise? And I said, uh, exercise. <laughs> Look at this. Who needs this exercise is, when you is, got this? This is, this is natural. It's like an Adonis, you know? <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, well, here's the deal. You're 23 years old. If you don't exercise, you are going to gain two pounds a year until you're 40. And I went, that's 17 years from now. And you're telling me I'm going to weigh 35 pounds more. He goes, yep, it's exactly what's going to happen. And then you come back to me at 40, weighing 200 pounds, going, Doc, I'm out of shape. What do I do? And I said, that'll never happen. Well, I remember the day that I hit 200. And I went, <laughs> oh, 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 yep, yep, yep. Got to exercise, man. Got to do something. My roommate in college, who very well might be listening to this show, always had, had a way that he made sure he stayed in shape. When he'd get in the shower in the morning, he just looked down and he always said that if I can't see my, uh, my thing, I need to work out more. So I remember there was, there was one period he went through where he's going out the door at five 30 in the morning, just, just working out like I'll get out. Cause he couldn't see it anymore. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> I won't out him by name, but, uh, but I know if he's listening, he just drove his truck off the road that we told that rhymes story. With, rhymes with schmug. <laughs> it was not schmug, uh, but it may be a name that's similar to mine. 
OG and I are going to have our takeaway here in just a second, but if you're somebody who diligently pays your debts on time and pays your credit cards off in full, do you want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because all the places Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards take Discover. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. I think the lesson here besides pay your credit cards off every month in full OG, I think that the other lesson is invest in your health. It's good ROI. And uh, 12% sign me up. Exactly right. <laughs> or, or it might be a scam. It just, just might be a scam. Well, Kiana Danielle is an award-winning, internationally recognized personal investing and wealth management expert. She's been featured all over the place. I think I first read about her in the Wall Street Journal. She's been on The Street, uh, NASDAQ, CNN, Fox Business, uh, Cheddar. Where, where, where hasn't she been? She's a highly sought-after commentator, professional speaker, executive coach. Her books have been ranked number one in eight different categories on Amazon in 2020 alone. Let's introduce you to and get to know Kiana Danielle, a.k.a. the Invest Diva. And on my dad's shortwave radio, it's our new friend. I'm so happy we get to talk to the Invest Diva herself. Kiana Danielle joins us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. How tough is it juggling the whole Invest Diva empire and a family and COVID and how do you get it all done? Ah, uh, well, it, it took me a while to actually get on track, but um, once you have a schedule and you stick with it, it's tough. I'm not going to lie sure. Uh, for sure. But so for example, one of the things that I've done is that I've completely stopped day trading because I just don't have the time for it. I'm only investing long-term and with, uh, my Investiva, with the Investiva movement, we call it now, I've had to expand my team. That's the only way to go about it. So we are hiring. <laughs> so that's, that's been a lot of help for sure. My team has been my, the people that I'm relying on the most at the moment. But that's powerful, isn't it? I mean, a mentor of mine just told me recently, Kiana, is ask who, not how, right? Don't ask how, ask who can do it. And for you, juggling so many things, asking who, I think, is a big, big question. 100%. Because so with my daughter, we were planning to put her on daycare. She's two and a half. But of course, with COVID, we decided not to because we only have one kid. I mean, there were no judgment on people who do, but we decided not to because both my, my husband and I work from home. So we had to supplement for that. So we have to make the time to take care of her. So for that reason, so yeah, I had to hire the people who could do the things that, well, of course, as an entrepreneur, you think that you are the only person who could do things. And then you find people like, oh, you can actually do it better. So it's, uh, it's been amazing to see how, um, how people can come in teams and help you out. I want to ask you, though, as an experienced trader, you saw, like we saw, all these people on Robinhood over the summer losing their butt. T well, and I put too much judgment on that because I want to ask you, Kiana, what do you think about this big Robinhood boom we've seen lately? So it's interesting because I personally really liked Robinhood when they first started out. I'm one of the biggest fans because one of the pioneers in commission-free right. investing and making things really approachable. It's like, oh my God, this is right up my alley. I personally switched from my interactive brokers account. I didn't switch, but I opened a Robinhood account with them. And I like their, you know, free snacks every morning. Not free, they have a Robinhood snack yeah. or, or something like that. So it's just the hype. I mean, it's the clickbaits. Like they had to get people. That's how media works, right? So it's funny that as much as we hate it, but I believe a lot of people do it. Like on YouTube, I wouldn't get views if I'm talking about something boring. 
I will get views if I'm talking about Tesla or like something like super sexy that everybody is just super passionate about. And as a YouTube, as a content provider, I mean, yeah, I want the views. So you kind of go <laughs> with the with with the media wants you to hear. But the matter of the fact is, okay, that's all fun and good stuff. And I mean, sometimes in YouTube you can actually learn too. You can on Robin, you can learn too. But it comes down to education. I mean, you're a financial advisor. You understand if you are educated enough to be able to go through all the noise and understand which one is just noise and entertainment and which one is actual legit and which ones you want to actually take action on, then you should be fine. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I hear, I go on YouTube and listen to a lot of things just for entertainment and it's great. And sometimes it's educational, but sometimes you want to weed out if you're actually putting money in it, you want to weed out the noise yeah. from legitimate advice. I love the idea of having education first. Cause I feel like so many people just, as you know, they trade their gut, some friend of theirs at work or somebody that they talked to on a zoom call said something's hot. And instead of using that as the top of the funnel, they just go place a trade without any real data or knowing what the hell they're doing. And then they wonder why they lost. 100%. I see this, unfortunately, way too often, and it breaks my heart because, like, the education behind it isn't rocket science. It's just some basic understanding, having a discipline. Okay, this is the reason why I'm going to invest. This is how long I'm going to invest in it for this and that reason. And this is the price I'm going to get in. This is how, like... That, that's basically it. It's not really, it's not rocket science, but you just have to have that in mind instead of just blindly acting. And the funny thing is I get these kind of emails or text messages from my friends a lot, friends who have never invested in their life and they just hear something. Oh my God, during Bitcoin, that was all my text messages. <laughs> like 2017, like my friend was like, Never even, she doesn't know how to spell trading. So this Bitcoin thing, should I like buy it? I'm like, no, it's almost $20,000. I don't think this is the right time to buy Bitcoin. There was all this FOMO. Remember how much FOMO there was? Oh my God. There was. And Bitcoin, I mean, the thing is, I actually believe in cryptocurrencies and I'm invested in it, but the FOMO is just, same as Tesla, but the sexiest of Tesla, Bitcoin, the FOMO around them is just unbelievable. And, and then once they go down, then everybody starts trashing them. We're like, hey, this is actually the right time to buy. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Going against your emotion. I want to ask you about your background because you help so many people through your videos. I was just watching one of your dividend stock videos about, about what to buy there and giving people some foundational knowledge uh, just to get people interested. I think you're so good at getting people interested too. Have you always been good with money? Did you grow up good with money? Well, that's interesting. What is good with money? Uh, I grew up with really, really bad mindsets about money. Like the whole money is evil. You shouldn't be working for money. Science is better than money, which probably is. But it was like, I grew up in Iran. And in Iran, it was after the revolution. My dad previously, prior to that, before the revolution, he was the CEO of this massive civil uh, construction company, super rich. This is before I was born. And then the revolution happened. The new government took over all of his assets. They were going to kill him and all the crazy stuff went on. He locked out, didn't get killed, but they took over all of his money. And of course, when you don't have money, then you want to justify that, okay, life is still good. Right. So you're like, ah, you know what? Money isn't important. That is kind of the mentality that I grew up with that, you know, money isn't that important. So that was I didn't grow up good with money instead of uh, terms of mindset. But because I feel like I saw my dad as an entrepreneur and because we were struggling with money. So my mom was really, really good at budgeting. But not at all with investing. So I never saw my parents invest. And that is the reason why, for example, cryptocurrency, the reason why I'm passionate about it is that if my dad had even a fraction of his assets in something like Bitcoin that governments can just take over, he wouldn't have lost all of his money. Right. He would have had something diversified somewhere else. 
So that is something my parents never did. They never diversified. Later on, as I grew up and I was like, oh, so I was learning, I was hearing about these things, diversification, just like hearing these words. I'm like, that's interesting. And I became increasingly interested in money because I saw my parents having it all and then losing it all. Okay, how can I prepare myself so that if something like this happens to me in the future, I don't lose it all. I have something else to rely on. How old are you at this point? So the government took over my dad's assets before I was born. Yeah. I was born during the Iran-Iraq war. So not only they didn't have money, there was this like literal like Middle Eastern war going on and we were like Jewish and it was crazy. So I grew up just hearing stories. Yeah. So I grew up hearing these stories. But, and then- But you getting interested, was it high school age? No. So I, me getting interested wasn't until I went to Japan. This is actually years later. So I went to Japan to study electrical engineering. My dad was an engineer. I was automatically on the path to go and become an engineer. Nobody cared that I didn't. I sucked at math. I'm like, okay, <laughs> dad an engineer. You go and become an engineer. <laughs> Default. All right, cool. So we go on to become to study electrical engineering in Japanese in Japan. Was not fun. Some of the most miserable times of my life. And I just wanted to get out of that. And then 2008 happened. That is when I was hearing all these words that, oh, financial crisis. I'm like, what's a financial crisis? Lehman Brothers going on. Who's Lehman Brothers? Like, I had no idea, but I was just hearing it. That got me interested in this sense that I was in Japan. I had a TV show. They were paying me a bunch of money in Japanese, yen. And I had now family in the U.S. I knew eventually I'm going to come to the U.S. I'm like, oh, maybe now that the U.S. economy is going down, I heard that the U.S. dollar is getting cheaper. So that was something that I could relate to because, you know, being a foreigner, you always are about exchange, like currency exchange. So I understood that. That was something that I understood. Like, oh, U.S. dollar is getting cheaper. Maybe I should exchange my Japanese yen for the U.S. dollar now that it's cheaper. And then every single day it was going down. I was like, wow, when is it going to be the lowest price? Like, I don't know how to do it. Like, how should I like programs? And I had no idea. So I started talking about it to one of my friends. And he's like, oh, you know what? Not only you can exchange it, you can actually trade it. And he started like throwing out all these words that I had no idea. You can go on leverage and do a Forex trade and like short the US, the dollar yen. I'm like, what? And it's like, oh, let me do it for you. You're <laughs> so, like, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? What is, <laughs> I don't even know what a financial crisis means. So like go easy on me. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to risk it. You know, you're young and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I was one of those Robin Hood people basically, but I got lucky. I transferred $10,000, shorted the dollar yen without my knowledge on 14 time leverage. And I got lucky and I made money. I doubled my money in one month, August and September, 2008. And I was hooked. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like being an engineer, I'm going to make this much money in a year. Now, like, look at that. Like this was just a month. Of course, I can't stress this enough that I did get lucky. Like I could have very, very well just lost the whole $10,000, but you asked me about how I became interested. That yeah. is how I became interested. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden you see that, but it's funny yeah. that you know now how lucky you got, but, but I do find that interesting though, following your passion and the fact that with your family situation, I mean, you've written books about the Forex, you've traded the Forex, but the currency exchange for you is important because of your family situation. So that completely makes sense to me. Yeah, so it was interesting path for me to get started and becoming interested in the financial industry in general. And yeah, because I understood currency exchange because I was always like a foreigner somewhere. We're always worried, even in Iran, because my brother was in the U.S., uh, we always were sending him money to the U.S. This, like the U.S. dollar exchange value was always a topic in our household. Yeah. So that's why I was interested in that. But yeah, absolutely. Now I know how risky Forex trading is. I actually personally don't trade Forex anymore, even though my first book was about Forex. So I found value elsewhere. How did you end up on Wall Street? So I made the money 2008 and I'm like, all right. And I also heard that, you know, inflation is going higher. If you're sending your money, keeping your money in the bank, it's going to get devalued. You should be investing. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do this. 
I'm just going to give my money to a money manager to do this for me. I did. But what happened is that I didn't fully understand, I think, the terms and conditions that my money is going to get locked up for like 30 years. If I want to ever take it out, I have to pay 75% penalty. They were charging me all these commission fees. They were not doing a good job. I'm like, I'm interested enough. I actually want to learn this. I want to do this on my own. And that is when I just packed up from Tokyo and I came to New York I am like, I'm going to work on Wall Street. So that was my dream. It was like, I, I started becoming interested. I'm like, oh my God, if I ever get on Wall Street, how awesome is that? It was like, for me, it was like Hollywood. Yeah, right. So I went on Wall Street. I just randomly started applying for jobs. I got a job within two weeks. The electrical engineering background helped because people just think because you're an engineer, you're going to be, be good at finance which has nothing to do with each other. It's just crazy. But, no, but I think uh, that they think, I, I think they think, Kiana, that you're good at systems and processes. And as you know, having a trading system or having an investing system, you're going to be a little less emotional. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Maybe that's what it was. Whatever it was, I got a job. And I actually got a job at a Forex broker. Of course, it made sense that my first trade with the Forex. So I went to get on Wall Street, got a job on Forex uh, at a Forex broker, learned all about the shady stuff that they do, how they make money <laughs> when the <laughs> traders lose money. <laughs> so again, I was the only girl in the in the team. And I was like, what is happening? I thought this is America, America from, from the movies that you watch. Like women are these powerful, powerful people. They're not, but it looks like they're not. So I started like just pitching ideas to my boss left and right. And um, of course I got fired. Then I decided to go on my own. And I want to hear about that because I had read that you got fired from Wall Street. How did that happen? So uh, I started pitching a bunch of things to my boss. Like, why don't we target women? Why don't we, like, I, I was this young, super, extremely energetic maybe a little bit in my head, person who, who got on Wall Street and within weeks, I literally walked to the CEO's office. Like I walked over with my boss, direct boss. So I was doing all these mistakes when it comes to politics and the corporations. I had no idea about the politics. So like, you know what? I'm just going to go talk to the CEO of the company. Why and not? like my boss is like watching me. I'm pitching ideas. I'm like, how about you actually don't make money when traders lose money? And my boss is like looking at me. So I really wanted to walk up the ladder of Wall Street pretty fast. And it didn't, it did not work in my favor at all. And, um, I, I, they, they made up some story and they fired me. And the funny thing is years later, when I was at the money show, I was a guest speaker now at the money show talking about money. And my boss was in the audience. <laughs> and I was like, ha, you fired me. Well, that's, <laughs> what I was, I that's what I was thinking, Kian. I think that might've been a blessing, right? That might've been the best thing to happen. 100%. But it was very tough at the time. And it's very hard to see it because I was super excited. Like I literally packed up from Tokyo to come to Wall Street. And it was my dream job, dream come true, working on Wall Street. And then being getting fired, it's just embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. So it took me a while to actually be able to talk about this. Very long time. I would say five years because it was incredibly soul crushing for me. Sure. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, now, of course, I mean, you hear all these success stories, almost all of them come after a huge failure. So for me, that was definitely a blessing. No, it was the same for me. I was fired early in my career. And at the time, it was the most devastating thing that happened, but it was phenomenal. Like it, it was a big change in my outlook and in my dependence on myself and realizing like who the important people were in my life and who wasn't important. Like it really, it really changed the game for me. Speaking, by the way, the game changing, I want to ask you about this. I know early on with Investiva, a lot of your, the people you were teaching were men. There's a lot of men who trade, but, but I also read recently that since COVID that, that really changed. And now you have a lot of women who are coming to you and who you're able to teach. Tell me about that switch and why you think that is. It's first of all, so exciting. I cannot believe that this is finally happening because when I started, when I, when I found, founded Investive, it's 2012. 
I chose the name Investiva. My goal was to empower women to start trading at the time and investing. And no matter what I did, yeah, the, it's a male-dominated field. And like, if, if you read my first book, like I talk about babies and pregnancy, like all these feminine stuff, and like the guys are reading it. And actually, some of the reviews is like, if you're not if you're not high on estrogen, don't don't. <laughs> <laughs> But still, I was getting students who were men. 90% of my students were men because those are the people who were actually looking for this content. And they would come across my education. They would like it. They would realize that, okay, she's talking to me, but maybe I want to learn from her. And it was great. And, you know, they were paying me money. (laughs) So, like, it sounds bad, but I was like, I'm not going to say no to someone just because they're a man. When COVID happened... I feel like my story started resonating to women more. Maybe something in their family happened, like they lost their job. Maybe their husbands lost their job. They realized that they have to be in control of their financial future. And me having started in the previous recession, maybe spoke to them that, oh, maybe it's time for me to start now during this recession. And whatever it is. I mean, I go through the stories of our investivas now in our group and majority of them are like, yeah, COVID happened. I lost my job or my husband lost her, lost his job. I'm realizing that I need to be in control of my financial future. And that was one of the main triggers in my opinion. I also personally started really speaking to the myths and the misbeliefs that women have in their head about investing. That's got to be the most frustrating thing for you. People that think that they just can't do it. 100% because I speak to like my brilliant, brilliant friends who are brilliant. Like they're entrepreneurs or like they're doing it. They're moms, they're stay-at-home moms, brilliant people. And I talk about investing and they're like, oh, I, I love but my brain. I, I don't have the capacity. I don't have, I don't know how to do math. And I'm like, what math? What math are you talking about? Like investing literally has nothing to do with math. Are you talking about, I don't know, integral, high level rocket science? Math? It's fourth grade math, fourth grade math. Like that's what it is. And uh, that really frustrates me that people think, Um, They need to be some sort of a math whiz to do it. People think that they need to be stuck to their screen all day to do this. I see all kinds of excuses, all of them that are just not true. And I feel like I also start like recognizing that these are the reasons why people are not getting into it and speaking to that. And uh, it may have been resonating. It's powerful to see people change though, isn't it? To see people take control and finally realize that, you know, I can do this myself. Yes. Oh my God. It's so rewarding. So since COVID, since March, I've had, we've had a thousand new actually paid members. Like we've had 30,000 people signing up for my free training, almost 90% of them women, which is amazing. And then reading through the stories, seeing them grow and coming from like not knowing anything, not even knowing what a broker is, actually starting managing with their portfolio, creating strategies, now talking about it and getting their families involved. It's just so rewarding. And again, another blessing in something bad that happened, like COVID happened, but then people realize they need to be in control and you see them grow. And it's just, I think that's life. You learn from the struggles and you grow. The site is Investiva. You can also find her amazing YouTube videos all over the place to get uh, some basics from Kiana. Kiana, thanks for hanging out with us, by the way, and talking Investiva with us. And a little bit about your story, because it's a fascinating story of of just empowerment and how uh, sometimes the bad things in your life, I mean, from the things that happen in Iran to being fired, just ends up being things that shape this great career. So Congratulations and thanks for hanging out. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. Hey, trivia fans, it's your Stacking Benjamins resident diva, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. That's right. Unlike a lot of stars these days, I'm 100% transparent and can admit that I, I do have a flair for the camera, a trait that I believe the Invest Diva and I share. Well, 
Do you know a great way for divas to make money? Here's one. Win a Nobel Prize. Duh. Listen to this knowledge bomb. This year, they doled out just over $1.1 million for some flimsy discoveries. Here's how easy winning one of these things is. On this date in 1921, some dude named Albert Einstein won his one and only Nobel Prize. How about this question? If I plan to win, how many different categories are there for Nobel Prizes? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can become a genius and just know the answer. For a long time, I have uh, not been a proponent of artwork as an investment class, even though when you look at art over long periods of time, artworks outperformed the S&P 500 as an example between 2000 and, and, and 2018 uh, by 180%. Doesn't mean it's always going to do that, but when you look at wealth held in art, it's projected to grow from $1.7 to $2.6 by 2026. Now, though, with rule changes the last couple of years, we can all invest in art because instead of, and this is the reason I didn't like art, instead of having to put a lot of money on a single painting, now you can own a share of a masterwork through Masterworks. Masterworks is the first platform that lets anybody invest in art at a fraction of the normal price. Now you can buy and sell shares of multi-million dollar paintings by blue chip artists like Andy Warhol. Banksy and more as easily as trading stocks. But much like trading stocks, guys, you want to buy and hold art. In fact, don't confuse picking stocks with serious investing at all. Data shows only 1% of day traders actually turn a profit. We talked to Jack Schwager. Go back to last Wednesday's episode and you'll see why you don't want to do that. But buying and holding art, very interesting. Investing in art provides diversification into an uncorrelated asset. Citibank published a major study December of last year and concluded art has the lowest correlation to public equities of any of the 10 major asset classes. Best yet, Masterworks founders are serial entrepreneurs who founded over a dozen companies, valued it up to a billion dollars. And the CEO, well, he's an internationally recognized top 100 personal art collector. And we actually interviewed Scott on the show last year. So how do billionaires control their risk? They invest in blue chip art. And if that sounds unusual to you, you're not alone, but the ultra wealthy have been investing in it for centuries and now you can too. Masterworks experts will create a custom portfolio to meet your investment needs with masterworks.io. You don't have to choose between big risks and big returns. Sign up today with promo code SB and you'll skip the 25,000 person wait list to get first dibs. Again, that's masterworks.io, promo code SB. Hurry, the offer expires soon. See important information at masterworks.io forward slash disclaimer. When OG and I need some artwork for this podcast, maybe voice talent, maybe we need some marketing materials, whatever it might be, we turn to Fiverr because, as you know, the way we've worked together has seemingly changed overnight. There's one thing we've all learned lately. It's that having access to the right resources is essential for adapting your business. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. You know, the hello darlings voice that comes on before our headlines. That's from Fiverr. Many of the voices you hear in a lot of our Stacking Benjamins promotional pieces, they come from Fiverr. So whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support to complete a project, Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talents here to help. It's easy and customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. No more guessing games. You're going to know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiating anything. And of course, there's 24-7 customer service. Freelancers who work with some of the most influential brands in the world, like Stacking Benjamins. You can find freelancers that are ready when you are. Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Check out Fiverr.com. And because you're a stacker, you're going to get 10% off your first order by using code SB. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code SB. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code SB. Hey, stackers, I'm your trivia diva. 
Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And now that we've officially settled in our new long-term home, a place Joe's mom calls Tejas, apparently it's close to Texas, I think it's time for me to start my own Instagram account. Don't worry, I'm not going to beg you to follow me like these guys do every time they say that the Stacking Benjamins Instagram account is Stacking Benjamins Podcast. They say it all the time. See how they even slipped it in right here? Nope, but not me. I do, though. I, I do need someplace to show off all of the stuff I'm going to invent when I win my Nobel Prize. So on that note, today's question is, on this date in 1921, a guy named Albert Einstein won his one and only Nobel Prize. And if any guy with that name can win, how hard can it be? Uh, if I win, how many different categories of Nobel Prize can I win in? The Nobel Prizes, by the way, are awarded in honor of this guy named Alfred Nobel, who was a Swedish chemist, engineer, and industrialist, and he invented dynamite. Big deal. And I'm the dynamite of this show. The categories, by the way, that I can win in consist of chemistry, slept through that class, literature, no, peace, give me a break, physics, not my strong suit. Physique, however, could pull that one off. Physics, uh, physiology or medicine, out of my wheelhouse. And economics, also something I'm incredibly good at, but you know, I'm not really in love with it. But there's a total of six, six categories. Huh. Hey, maybe I'd better write him a letter and have him create a category I can win in. I'd probably just, I'll attach a little something, something to it, like maybe a fresh, crisp $5 bill. That'll get him. See ya. Big thanks to Kiana for stopping by. You know, OG, this idea that resonates over and over and over is it isn't about money. It's about what you expect from yourself. I mean, when her family left Iran and she's then going to become an engineer, right? She's going to yeah. become an engineer. It wasn't about money. It was about, I'm going to expect myself to get these big things Then I'm going to work on wall street. <laughs> and she just found a way to do what she wants to do. And I find that very powerful. I had a client back when I was an advisor. I guess I wouldn't have had a client if I wasn't an advisor. Well, but unless you're the guy from the previous story. <laughs> this guy came here from Turkey and said, uh, and said, Joe, I want to buy a job. And I had no idea what the hell he'd, he literally hired me. Maybe he'd been in the United States for two weeks. And I'm like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And he had no money. He's like, I really want to buy a job. And so I set him up with somebody who'd help him with his resume and he could get a job. And he assured me that's what he wanted. Then he came back a week later. He's like, that was a very nice lady, but that's not what I want. I want to, and what he wanted to do was buy a business. And this guy, no resources, no contacts, no, no money within six months owned a UPS store. And then he owned a second yeah. one a few months later. And it was just because he had this expectation. That was what he was going to do. Very powerful. I think that also works both ways. You can also have those negative impacts as well, or right. those negative expectations. You know, we talk about that with our kids. And when you just talk about like employees and that sort of thing, you, you know, you manage to your own expectations. And if your expectations of other people are substandard, you're going to manage to that and they're going to rise to that level or in that case, sink to that level. There's a great Harvard uh, business review article called the Pygmalion in management. And this was popular, you know, four decades ago, but people will rise or fall to the level of expectation that you have of them also. So awesome. it's really important to have, you know, not only high expectations of yourself, but high expectations of the people around you and not unrealistic ones. I think, I don't think that's your point. Your point isn't, you know, say I'm going to be gozillionaire, you know, no. but uh, put one foot in front of the other. What you focus on is what's going to show up in your life. So that's why I'm obsessed with good coaches. When I look at sports teams, I think about some of the best bosses that I had and they were bosses that said to me, no, this is, this is not you. You're way better than this. Like it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. demeaning. It was Joe, you need to set yourself to sites higher. And then I did, and I achieved stuff that I never thought that I could because there's some coach behind me going, no, you need to think higher. I mean, even, even the impact of something that sounds just super silly, like writing down your goals, just putting it in the universe, you know, or putting it out there. Basically I found when I got married, my wife gave me a, um, 
like a satchel, like a, like a briefcase kind of thing, you know, like you put your laptop in and carry it to work. Right. Cause I'm a big time working guy. Now I'm married at work. <laughs> thing, <you know? laughs> Here we go. And I still have it. It was, it's a nice leather thing. And I remember going through this goals exercise. And, and for those of you who know, Tony Robbins, you know, it's a little touchy feely, a little hinky, right. A little, a little out there. Right. And, yep. and so I'd gone through this exercise on this probably cassette tape, you know, half the people listening don't even know what that is of, of setting these goals. And I'd written all this stuff down, put it in my bag, never thought about it again. Like three years later, four years later, I'm going through my bag, cleaning it out. Boom. Here's this letter that I'd written or these notes that I'd written down. And every single one of those things, I hadn't thought about it from that day, but every single one of those things was accomplished. And I was on that trajectory anyway, right? I mean, I was young, I was going to buy a house, but I had written down, buy a house, put 20% down, like do all this stuff. And sometimes it's just the power of pointing your feet in the right direction. I find that with the coaching organization that you and I both belong to, that we write down, I wrote down at the beginning of the year, a year ago, what I was going to do. And I really don't feel like I looked at it as much as I should have. By far, didn't look at it. But I was reviewing it, getting ready for my next meeting in a couple of weeks. And man, I've been picking off all those things. Just my yeah. subconscious on fire. Great stuff. Good lessons from Kiana. On top of her investing uh, lessons. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, OG, and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. Right now, it's my coffee mug that says, don't blame me. I voted Doug 2020. <laughs> it's your loved ones in your time, but much better. Much better if you're not yelling at your loved ones during that time. It's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now, and you'll get a free quote. Also, you'll find that these long life insurance applications, they've simplified it so that you can very quickly get an instant coverage decision. Their prices are affordable and different than some of the startups out there where you're not sure if they're going to be around or not when you need them. They are backed by their parent company, Mass Mutual, who's more than 160 years old. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our new friend, Ronnie Joe. Say hi, Ronnie Joe. Hey, Joe. My name is Ronnie Joe, and my husband religiously listens to your podcast, and I have learned so much from you and him. I'm a first-generation college graduate, and I grew up in extreme poverty, so money was a really hard subject for my mother, and it left me and my sister with little to no tools about how to save or really even budget. Now, thankfully, in a great financial situation, paying off college debt and all that good stuff, you know, I've learned several things the hard way, but I'm really calling about my sister. She's 19 and like I was a first generation college student and is currently going to school at ASU online through her work Starbucks. I know they offer a 401k with 5% match because that's how I got my 401k started, but I was really wondering if there was any other pieces of advice I could give her in regards to securing a financial future for herself and, you know, just navigating money as a 19 year old. <laughs> Uh, thank you for all that you do. And I look forward to hearing your response. Big thanks, Ronnie Joe, for that question. How cool is that? Paying it forward, helping your sister. By the way, congratulations too on what sounds like surviving the rough start. So many of us start off rough OG and we figure out a way. And Ronnie Joe, sounds like you've done very well for yourself. For somebody just starting out, OG, what are the important fundamental things to think about? You know, the biggest thing, and this, this comes up from time to time, and whether it's for a 19-year-old in college or somebody just getting out of college or somebody who didn't go to college and is just starting their their careers, it's it's not about like all the fancy whiz-bang stuff. It sounds like you got to do all the stuff to stay ahead of the curve. And it's really about not making the big mistakes early on, the big mistakes of getting into consumer debt, whether that's buying a house that's too big for you or buying a car that's brand new because everybody else on your street's got a brand new car and you need one living beyond your means. If you can avoid those things while you're still in those early years of setting the stage correctly and building the foundation correctly, you're that much further ahead. Because if you get on the other side of that, if you do get into trouble with consumer debt or you do get in trouble with 
having too much month and not enough money, you know, you end up paying that off during the times when you're making all the extra money, your thirties and forties, you're going, I still have to deal with this mess I made when I was in my twenties. And now you're not able to invest and save the way that you should. So I would say that, yeah, if you've got an opportunity to contribute to a workplace plan and you can get a company match like at Starbucks or something, fantastic, do that. But the biggest thing is make sure you got cash on hand, make sure you got your emergency fund, make sure you don't spend too much money, budget your monthly income to make sure that you're not spending too much. Don't go into consumer debt. Don't, don't buy a brand new car when you get done with school. It's silly. You don't need to do that. So stay out of trouble, I think is major focus right now, as opposed to what are all the cool things that I should be doing. Yeah, I think about the value of surround sound. We talked about with Kiana how much it was important to have high expectations, but definitely surrounding yourself with the right messages, I think is a is a super important thing to do. And and I think for a lot of people, OG, that means keeping it fun. I think so many people think that the quest for financial independence is something that either rich people do or nerdy people do, but going back to the basics of Vicki Robbins book, where it really is all about trading hours for money and what that money represents to you in either moments or vacations or a lifestyle that you want can be, can be a really powerful thing. So I think, I think Ronnie, the best thing that you can do is introduce her to some of the authors that have been on this show or some of the uh, bloggers that have been on here. I just think if I had been, if I had gotten some of these messages earlier that we talk about now all the time, it would have been a different kind of uh, trajectory you might have found yourself on. Yeah. Just a smidge different. Instead, I'm sitting in your mom's basement across from you. Yeah. What happened? Where'd the wheels come off that bus? No, no idea. A lot of people would say that that's successful. That's the top, the tippy top of the pyramid. Icing on the cake, the cherry on the sundae. The spike after the touchdown. Can't do that. The 15 yard penalty after the spike. <laughs> yeah, that, that does happen. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Ronnie Joe. And uh, by the way, for being brave and for being cool, we're going to send you a greatest money show on earth t shirt. So expect an email from Gertrude, Ronnie Joe. By the way, if you also have a question for OG and I, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. All you need is your phone, or if your computer has a microphone attached, stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. That's going to do it for today. Hey, everybody, we are rounding the corner. I know I rang the bell last week. This is it. We are rounding the corner and finishing up the year when it comes to opportunities to work with OG and his team. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG for more when you're ready to hire a financial planner. All right. That's going to do it for today. You've got it from here, Doug. What should we have learned today? Yeah, Joe, I'll take the time to help you out and tell everybody what they should have learned today. First, take a lesson from our headlines. Exactly like Susie said, money is useless without your health, but try staying healthy with no cash. It ain't that easy. Second, take a lesson from Kiana Danielle, the Invest Diva. There are lots of ways to invest and grow your money. Find the option that works best for you and dive in. But the big takeaway, did you know this Albert Einstein character was known for something like, it's, it's just so simple. E equals MC squared. E equals MC squared. Is that all it takes to win a Nobel Prize? It's going to be easier than I thought. I got a million of these things. Uh, How about J equals M times Y cubed or D equals ID squared? I could keep going all day with this stuff. I'll be waiting by Joe's mom's mailbox for my check, Mr. Nobel. Big thanks to Kiana Danielle, a.k.a. the Invest Diva. Check out her YouTube channel for investing videos or find a link to her website on our show notes page. This show is created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rudder-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I do not like computer jokes, not one bit. 
SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. Also, don't forget, tomorrow night is The Stack. It's our live event on YouTube. You can sign up and learn more at stackingbenjamins forward slash stack. Our special guests, Vicki Robin, Michael Santos, and the magician Dan Chan will be speaking and performing live with Joe, OG, Bobby Rebel, and Doc G on YouTube tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See ya! Hey, we didn't talk about this at all last week. Uh, how late did you stay up election night? Yeah, 1030. Did you really? Yeah. I wasn't going to impact it by watching it anymore. Well, uh, yeah. And uh, so we were at uh, a friend's house until about 1030. I got to tell you, there are not many days that are like this. I really felt like drinking yesterday. <laughs> I thought we should have a drinking game. Like every time they said... Something like white suburban women, like you should be like, oh, shot. Yes. Yeah. Or Latino, you should take a shot. Oh, I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't even need that. I did not need any of that. Uh, So whether it was going to be good or bad, I was just in de-stress mode and actually had a really good time. Uh, Cheryl told me that at the end of the night, I was kind of a belligerent uh, jerk. You? No, come on. That's not how you get. I was, but hey, we survived. We're here today following the Doug, uh, Doug on election day, the continuing coverage that Doug, Doug didn't realize that the path to victory was a euphemism. And now he doesn't know where the hell he is. That might've been my favorite one. (laughs) Just trying to find victory on a map. (laughs) Got lost. I, I don't know where I am or that he was, he was demanding a recount, I think at 1030 in the morning. Yeah. I think the most interesting lesson out of all of this is, you know, we all get worked up. We all have our, our unique biases of what we think things should go or who should win or who shouldn't win or whatever. But, uh, you know what I noticed last Wednesday, the sun came up. What, what, what? It It barely did for me because when we got home, when you got, when you went to bed, you saw the halo of the sun coming up. That's probably, (laughs) you're like, yeah, I know I was there. Well, no. So it it was only like 1030, but then Cheryl wanted to leave the TV on. And I woke up at 1230 and my son, Nick is hanging out here and he had a chair in our bedroom and I was the only one sleeping. Cheryl and Nick were both watching the results. And then I woke up again at two o'clock and they were still up. I woke up at four o'clock and Cheryl was just going to sleep and uh, yeah, not good. Especially with how, with how close it was. But you know, the, the good news from a money standpoint or from, from the standpoint of the Republic, it went on, it's still going, which is good. So whether it went the way that you wanted to, or it didn't go the way that you wanted to, that's okay. I want to talk. Normally we don't talk about, uh, about work anymore. We leave work at work. That was, that was uh, on the show. Basement, so we, uh, but I hope yeah. everybody comes out tomorrow night. I know how hard the team worked on, uh, on getting this together. And if you're somebody that just wants to be motivated, v- Vicky Robin is such a motivational speaker. Michael Santos has such a, a cool message. And Dan Chan is, uh, 
a pretty amazing magician, but because this is a money show, he's going to talk about how he pivoted and what he did, whether you own a business or not. Those three messages I think are going to be fantastic. So stackybenjamins.com forward slash stack. Probably the last time, unless you follow us on social media that, uh, that you'll have to follow that link. And, uh, that'll give you the reminder when we're getting ready to start, come hang out with us. going to be a good time. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's military appreciation month and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.